Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. by the one and only Jeannie Buss, owner of WOW Superheroes, that she just signed, literally the most talked about rookie that has come along in, in pro wrestling in, in many years, okay, this young lady has really taken the world by storm, and, and the story's been covered by everyone from Wrestling Inc. to Sports Illustrated, ESPN, you name it, everyone's excited about the fact that wrestling royalty the daughter of the hall of famer rowdy roddy piper we're talking about teal piper she is going to be stepping in the ring as the newest member of the wild superheroes roster so without further ado welcome to the duke loves wrestling podcast teal piper how are you teal i'm great man how are you i am fantastic listen this is this is really incredible, and I don't think anyone saw this coming. You were literally the hottest rookie to come along in years. How does that feel? It's exciting. No pressure at all. Uh, <laughs> it's you know I've been harboring this secret for a while now. I tried to keep it quiet um, while I figured out you know I wanted to get in the ring and take some bumps and kind of you know assess things before I just came out there with it. So it's really nice to have it out and open and be able to talk about it now because I am really excited to be a part of the wrestling community now. Well, it's it's impressive. And, I mean, when we talk about WOW superheroes, you know, they just had their debut of Season 2 on Access TV. So remember, folks, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, every Saturday evening you can catch WOW superheroes Season 2, which Teal is going to be mixing it up, she's so going to be a part of. I mean, what a promotion to, to sign up with, you, you know, being affiliated with Jeannie Buss, and, of course, you have the Access TV owners there, including Mark Cuban. This is a heck of a way to, to make a splash. Yeah, um, I couldn't be more thrilled. They're such a great company, and one of the reasons I felt pushed to pushed in their direction was just they've, you know, they've done so much for women in wrestling, and they David McLean has been pushing this show and this idea for so long now and they just killed it in season one and it's just something I really wanted to be a part of so I jumped on that opportunity I, I couldn't be more thrilled to be working with them it's it's interesting because you know while superheroes you have such a, a strong roster I mean I, I think about obviously we've got to talk about uh, Tessa Blanchard who's the the wild superheroes champion but then you have the beast and, and you have Jesse Jones and you, you have all of these different competitors who you, you know, Jungle Girl, everybody who are take no prisoners, kick a bunch of butts kind of people. Are you concerned that you're going to be a target considering the fact that you're the daughter of a Hall of Famer? <laughs> I was concerned about that before I even made the announcement. You know, you get, I think as a daughter of somebody in the industry, you feel that just going into training. You never know how, you know, there's always going to be those people that resent you for having opportunity. 
Um, and there's nothing I can do about that. You know, that's just how I was born. That is my life. All I can do is work my hardest to prove that I deserve to be there. Um, so there's definitely going to be a target on my back. But I would like to say that there's nobody who's targeting me that I'm not targeting back. Uh, <laughs> so I have my eye on a lot of these people and would love a match with any of them that want to challenge me out to one. Whoa, she's not playing around. I hope you other ladies are paying attention here. And, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, we had Selena Majors on, who is, uh, you know, head trainer over there at, at, at the Wild Superheroes Training Facility. And she told me that she's teaching you a few things there and, and making sure that you're going to be ready to go and defend yourself when some of these other ladies try to mess with you. Talk to us about your training. How has that been coming along so far? Well, I couldn't be more grateful to have somebody as amazing as Selena Majors uh, take me under their wing and train me. You know, she definitely understands the pressure that I'm under and the steep learning curve um, in the eyes that are on me. So she's been working, uh, everybody there, all the trainers, but, you know, they've, they've been working very hard with me to make sure that I'm the best athlete I can be and that I'm prepared for these situations. And, you know, sometimes they're a little hard. Uh, but that's what I expected and I'm grateful for it. You know, they, they definitely want to make sure that when I do get in the ring and have my first solo match with whoever it is and moving forward in my career that I'm prepared for anything they might throw at me. Um, so it's been, you know, there's definitely been some bruises along the way, but it's been very awesome to have that kind of mentorship. Now, you've been around the pro wrestling industry your entire life. I mean, again, you, you mm -hmm. are the daughter of the Hall of Famer. Rowdy Roddy Piper, legitimately one of the most beloved wrestlers of all time and, and really somebody who would do anything and everything to make sure that people didn't mess with him because he was a tough customer. Are there any lessons that you've learned growing up, especially from your dad, that you feel will, will be uh, something you can apply over WoW superheroes? You know, he was definitely the one of the big big differences in our lives was my dad was you know he was brought up um very hard very hard edge and uh very street wise and you know i always hear from wrestlers that he was the one guy in the locker room no one messed around with <laughs> um especially at later in his career you know he he was very smart in that way and i had the blessing of growing up with him you know kind of protecting me from having to have that kind of lifestyle so um as part of that, he he definitely taught me a lot of how the business runs and how, you know, the psychology of the ring. And there's so many lessons in there on that side and the business side and the street smart side going into it that I feel very lucky to have known because he never wanted me to be uh, naive. You know, he knew that I could always run into these situations and he was never wanted me to be unprepared or naive and, you know, had something pulled over me. So... I feel very fortunate that I had that. I wish he was still around so I could train with him in the ring now. Um, but then again, who knows how he would react. <laughs> sure, that, you, that's saying a mouthful right there. He'd probably want to get in there and <laughs> mess up anybody who even looked at you the wrong way. Roddy was crazy. Wow. He was We're, very protective of his family, let's put it that way. <laughs> absolutely. In fact, I, I, I think back, you know, they, they had that uh, episode of Wife Swap, which is still – uh, a popular episode of that show that, that folks like to send out. Remember when, when Roddy and, and Ric Flair swapped wives for, for a period of time and what have you? 
Oh yeah, I definitely remember that. I was I didn't uh I wasn't in town for that episode, so I wasn't on it, but um I definitely got a full breakdown for my siblings that were on it, my mom and everything. Oh, I think yeah. my mom really came out the star of that episode, by the way. We used to make fun of dad for that. We we're like, Wow, mom's really shining in this episode. Well, this is this is what I'm getting at here. I mean, you know, of course everyone's gonna ask you about your Hall of Fame dad who's in the wrestling business, but your mom is really a, a take charge not playing around kind of person. How how much Absolutely. of that has rubbed off on you as well? You know, Dad used to say um, she's the only person in the world he was truly afraid of, and he would call her his little poisonous dwarf. Um, but she, you know, I think I think being married to Roddy Piper, you have probably had to have a firm grasp on things. You know, she had to be a no bullshit person because he just gave you so much bullshit in life. You know. He delivered that by the gallon, so she had to, you know, be that way. Um, but I've learned a lot from my mom. You know, I think she really um, was – I think that without my mom, my dad wouldn't have lived so long. I think that she is what kept him going and kept him out of, out of the real trouble and, you know, kept him focused on the things that mattered to him in his life to give him more happiness over the years. So, you know, I think I got a very, very – interesting dynamic of parents but one that in the long run was a great balance to me being the awesome person i am now we're talking to teal piper literally wrestling royalty and the newest signee of wild superheroes which you're going to be able to catch her saturday nights 8 p.m eastern standard time on access tv now teal one of the things that has really shocked me about you it's clear you have no fear I'm sitting there the other night, and I'm watching uh, the AEW pay-per-view all out. And, you know, one of the, literally the first match of the night is a 21-woman battle royal. And I'm sitting there, you know, just kind of paying attention. I'm seeing all of these uh, stars, past, present. And then I see the future of wrestling, wrestling royalty. Teal Piper comes out. What on earth got into your mind that made you decide to step into the ring, literally like a big shark tank, with all of these women all at once? <laughs> you know, maybe I don't have fear, or maybe I'm just an idiot and don't know what I've got myself into. But um, I, I'm one of those people that I'm either 100% in or I'm 100% out, and there's nothing in between. So once I decided to make that leap into wrestling... I wanted to go big, and I would like to argue that I quite possibly had the biggest first match, um, as far as an audience goes, in the history. I mean, all the wrestlers I know had 20 people at their first match, and so, you know, there was no pressure at all on me coming out, but I, I felt, mostly I felt honored to be in the ring with that level of talent. You know, I just thought, even though I didn't last as long as I really hoped I would have, <laughs> you know, it was my first match, guys. Give me a break. I'll, I'll come back. I'll get my revenge. You'll see. But, um... I think that it was it was just awesome to be in the ring with those girls. And, you know, once you're down there and you're in it, you can't have fear because that's how people, you know, that's how things go really wrong. You just have to be 100% going at it and hope that you made the right move, you know, and then you can reflect back on, how, on fear later. Well, if, if you can hold your own in a, in a big uh, battle royal like that, I can't wait to see what you do when you're in the ring one-on-one with some of these ladies in Wild Superheroes. That's going to get really interesting because if there's one thing that you prove, it's certainly that not only are you uh, someone with a lot of heart, you're pretty tough. 
So I can't yeah. wait to see what's going to happen here. What, <laughs> what can we expect? What can we expect with season two, especially with wrestling royalty, Teal Piper, WOW superheroes on Access TV? What are, what are the fans going to get when they tune in and see Teal Piper out? Well, I can't give away too much. I want everyone to tune in and watch the show. But what I can say is uh, my plan, you know, wrestling is, is very spontaneous, you know, right? You, you never know how it's going to happen. Things always change on a dime. My plan, my personal plan, I'm going to get in there and I'm just going to stir the pot. I want to mess with the girls. I want to get in their head and I want to kind of see where everyone's at and see where my matches are going to go. You know, I don't want to tell anybody where what they're going to be viewing because you'll have to check it out definitely come to the Velasco Theater in downtown LA on the 18th and 19th of September if you guys are available um so you can watch it live but I think the more the more seasons of wow the more Teal Piper will be taking it and hopefully at some point I will be getting a championship belt that is my goal wow you you heard it here first folks I mean Teal Piper she she will step in the ring and, and take on uh, 20 other women in a battle royal. She'll, she'll walk into WOW superheroes and, and have an expectation that she, not only is she going to challenge for a championship, she expects to win a championship. This is a young lady that means business, and this is exactly why you need to tune in. WOW superheroes, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're in Season 2 on Access TV. And like she said, if you want to see Till Piper live and in color, if you want to see her kick some butt right in front of you there, then you got to head over to the Belasco Theater September 18th and 19th. This is the Wild Superhero Live Events in Los Angeles. Please don't miss it. Till, is there anything else you want to say to your fans out there before we let you go? Uh, I just want to say, whether you love me or hate me, just yell it at me. You know, I, I love when people are vocal. Um, you know, I have a lot of mixed reactions from fans, and that makes me really happy. I love that you guys are all very confused at what you think about me. Um, please check out wowe.com um, for more information on women of wrestling and their events and the superheroes they have there. Check out myself. I'm going to be on, on live tweeting September 7th, but probably in the future as well for the season premieres because I'll be watching them with the rest of you. Um, so check me out on Twitter at Ariel Teal, Instagram and Facebook. Teal Piper. Check out my book, Roddy, the Rowdy, the Roddy Piper story off Amazon, and you know, just keep it have tabs on me. And uh, I hope that you guys like what I have to offer. And if not, I hope you throw things. Teal Piper means business. Okay, that's what everybody needs to understand, folks. Teal Piper, she might be a rookie, but you heard it straight from her mouth. Her father, the Hall of Famer, Rowdy Roddy Piper, he's taught her how to handle herself, how to deal with people if she has to really get down and dirty. She's also being trained by Selena Majors over there at the Wild Superheroes facility there. She is built and ready to kick some butt. So that, that, that was a fun interview. It was it was so fun that I had to start the show off with it, folks. That's what we're talking about. And this is exactly why you got to check out WoW Superheroes Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Access TV. Fun programming. Great talent there as you continue to hear on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast during my my WoW Superheroes feature. And, and I'm going to keep that ball rolling. You know, we're going to continue to have some of the top talent in pro wrestling. Okay, talent from WoW superheroes because really, you know, a lot of these young ladies, um, they've been all over the world and have done some great things. And then you have a rookie like Teal Piper, who 
grew up in a wrestling household. It's just, it's, it's really interesting perspectives that everyone is sharing with us here. And, and it's great to see these stars that you can tune in and watch on TV. It's, it's great to hear some of this behind the scenes stuff and, and their true feelings on what's going on. So again, shout out to Wild Superheroes and Teal Piper. And hey, welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling. <laughs> Like I said, it was kind of an interesting way to, to start the show, but that was just such a fun conversation that we had that I figured, you know something, let's just jump right out of the box with it. This week, you know, like I promised you last week, I have part two of my great discussion with Harry Burkett of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. So that's going to be coming up a little later. But, you know, before we get to any of that stuff here... It's time to talk about the top stories in the world of professional wrestling. And we can just keep this train going and talk about WoW superheroes here. Their debut episode for season two was a smash hit. And I can tell you, folks, because I was live tweeting the entire time. And, and boy, first of all, you know, Access TV had the Saturday Slamathon, which was excellent. Gave folks a chance to catch up on things that they may have missed from season one. But they also had other features in there leading up to the season two debut. Wild Superheroes at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And boy, it was it was just a great episode. The very first match was Jesse Jones taking on fire. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Two of the top wrestling stars in the world in the ring, beating the heck out of each other to start off season two for Wild Superheroes. And Jesse Jones got the win. I'll tell you, though, Fire, she's she's pretty tough in her own right. She definitely held her own, and she almost, she almost defeated Jesse Jones, not once, but twice during that match. So if you have a chance, folks, definitely go back and take a look at that, because, boy, what a way to start off a new season. And, and you know, the, the entire episode, like I said, it was excellent. The, the Psycho Sisters, they, as David McClain told us two weeks ago, they were completely on fire. The, the fans loved them. They got one of the loudest crowd reactions of the night. Another person who got a, a tremendous crowd reaction was Havoc. There's something going on with Havoc, folks. In fact, I put up a poll and Havoc won the poll. What was the poll about? Well, at the end of the episode... Uh, there was a, an issue and, and, and a match was happening and they didn't declare a winner. So in the end, Tessa Blanchard, the WoW Superheroes uh, women's champion there, she let everybody know that next week, the next episode of, of WoW Superheroes, so that's going to be this Saturday here, she's going to choose who her opponent is going to be and she's going to defend the WoW Superheroes championship on that episode. So that's going to be crazy. And who's it going to be? Is it going to be Havoc? Every All my listeners out there, you voted and, and you said it. Uh, you want it to be Havoc. Is it going to be Havoc? Is it going to be The Beast? Maybe it's going to be Jungle Girl, the, the you know, the legend, the WoW superhero legend there. So who knows? We're going to have to tune in and, and find out. It could be somebody else for all we know. I mean, it just it, it's it's wild, man. It, but that's what WoW is. Unpredictable, exciting wrestling action. And uh, I, I'm really enjoying what, they, what they're putting out there. So keep it up there, the Wild Superheroes team. Another top story here is uh, Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette has officially signed with the NWA. 
So their broadcast that they're going to be putting out weekly looks like it's going to be a, a, what we would traditionally call a TV show. I don't know if it's going to be on TV or if it's going to be exclusively on the web, but their weekly show, Jim Cornette, is going to be one of the commentators for that show. So congratulations to Cornette and NWA. You know, that's pretty classic stuff there. They have a long storied history with each other. It's kind of interesting. I know a lot of folks out there are really bent out of shape over Jim Cornette, and, and a lot of you feel justified. I, I've definitely had my fair share of button heads with, with uh, Cornette, so I'm not going to act like um, he and I are buddy-buddy. But I, I will admit that I think that some things may be a little misunderstood. Some things. There are a lot of things that are, that are justified. There, there's no excuse for the way that Jim Cornette flies completely off the handle and, and, and gives you a cuss-out sandwich every, every other word that comes out of his mouth. I mean, I just think that's a little crass. Um, with that said, I think some of the things is just a lot of... He's playing up to his gimmick and folks are taking it a little more seriously than what's intended, which, hey, who am I to tell you you shouldn't take seriously when somebody is talking to you in a derogatory manner? He said some things that folks have said are, are homophobic and sexist and this and that. He actually called Jordan Grace a butterface, which that ain't cool. <laughs> but they're in the wrestling business. Is, is are, are they doing this to generate heat and, and, and put Jordan Grace over? Is this some kind of, you know, mastermind gimmick thing that they have going on? I don't know. Allegedly, that's not the case. And he's just being mean to her. But. It's wrestling, man. You, you can never really tell what the heck's going on. So, if it if it's if it's real life, and he really said that about Jordan Grace, then shame on you, Jim Cornette, and cut it out. It's unacceptable. And if it's just them trying to work the fans, which a lot of folks in the business do, then hey, kudos to you both, because a lot of folks are buying it. So, I don't know. But again, congratulations, NWA. Congratulations, Jim Cornette. I think it's a good move. I think um, having a, a classic voice to call your wrestling content, that's always a good move. It makes sense. And just pair them up with somebody young that can learn from them. And, and that's how you keep this train rolling. So good stuff there. Good stuff. Uh, the next item, which is a, a really interesting one. Congratulations to Cedric Alexander. Cedric defeated AJ Styles in the main event for Raw this past week. Can you believe that? Cedric. Cedric beat the, the future Hall of Famer AJ Styles. AJ Styles has held championships everywhere, all over the world. Uh, he's a world-class athlete, absolutely one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And Cedric was able to defeat him. He defeated him clean on Raw in front of the world. So that's that's just... Oof. Man, keep an eye on Cedric. Cedric got some stuff going on here, Jack, and it's, it's all good stuff, too. So I'm loving that. Speaking of Cedric, I, I hope his wife, Big Swole, Ariel Monroe, I, I hope she gets an opportunity at WWE. That would be cool. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure she competed in uh, the Mae Young Classic, now that I think about it. But it would be cool to see her actually on a roster, because she, she can go, too. Big fan of her. Shout out to Ariel Monroe. Shout out to Cedric Alexander. Good guy. Real good dude. I, I heard Cedric do an interview with um 
Dave LaGreca and Mark Henry on Busted Open where he talked about fatherhood and, and you know, what pro wrestling means to him and, and, and family and all that good stuff, you know, just Cedric's a good guy. So we, we definitely are rooting for Cedric and we want to continue to see him achieve everything because he, that's, that's a good dude, man. That's definitely somebody to root for. So speaking of, of WWE and, and Raw, they were, they returned to Madison Square Garden. Okay. So this is something that hasn't happened in a while where they, they've had a, a televised event, Madison Square Garden. They returned and it was a smash hit. You know, it was great. In fact, you know, for all you ratings junkies out there, the, the TV ratings, the, the only thing that defeated them was Monday Night Football and, and, and related programming. I think Sports Center and, you know, the, the, the lead up to Monday Night Football. Those are the only programs that beat Monday Night Raw. But, you know, Raw was definitely one of the top shows and, and key demos and what have you. So that's always cool. Ironically, SmackDown, they, they were number one uh, overall. They beat everybody. SmackDown. And it's kind of funny because some of you out there say, oh, you know, the ratings were down from last week or the ratings are down from last year or whatever. You and your ratings. Take a look at the whole thing and you will see that Raw and SmackDown continue to consistently be one of the top shows on TV. They're always in the top 10. Raw is usually in the top three. SmackDown is usually in the top seven. And that's just the way it is. And let me tell you something. Losing a Monday night football is not a bad thing. Losing a sports center is not a bad thing. I mean, it just, it's, hey, it happens, especially this time of year. But they beat everybody else. Give me a break. It's good stuff, man. So clearly something is clicking. Clearly, uh, out of the folks who are consuming TV in the manner that Nielsen measures, keep in mind, it's not the most accurate way to measure. I'm going to keep saying that. But based on their criteria, Raw and SmackDown are still up there with the big guys. They are the big guys. They're big dogs on, on the lot. So, got to give props what props is due. And the number one story in the world of professional wrestling is Anthem Sports takes over Access TV. That's right, folks. Anthem. Okay? And I know some of you are sitting there saying, well, who the heck is Anthem? What does that matter? Well, Anthem is a company that owns Impact Wrestling. Yeah, and as you know, Access TV, that's that's the place that's airing WOW superheroes, and it's airing New Japan Pro Wrestling each week on Saturdays. So this is a really interesting thing. And it was announced today that Impact Wrestling is going to be moving to Access TV as well. So there's going to be more wrestling on that network. There's a lot going on, and I figured, you know something, let me reach out to somebody who, who can decipher some of this information for me and, and, and allow it, help me make it make sense. So welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast from The Wrap, Mr. Tony Maglio. How are you, Max? Good, man. How's it going, dude? I, I don't know what's going on. My head is upside down, Mags, because there's just so much, so much wrestling content and moves and shakes. Everyone is gearing up for, for these, uh, what do you call it, the fall sweeps? I, I, I just don't know what the heck's going on here, man. So, so can you break down this whole Access TV Anthem Sports thing for us? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think you did a, a nice job breaking it down yourself. But um, Access, as you said, is the uh, the home, at least in America, for New Japan. Uh, not live, obviously, a little bit delayed. 
uh, and they are the home for WOW Women of Wrestling. And as you know, as a fan, they have a lot of MMA as well. And for for people who would only turn it on for the fight stuff, Access really made its bones with concert programming, and they do a lot of, you know, countdown music shows and some reality shows and some, you know, in-depth interview shows. So anyway, um, Anthem and Access had been in talks for about six months, I was told this deal was in the works, and some of us knew it was on and then off and then on and then off, and then who knows, and a bunch of posturing from both sides. And um, the interesting thing is this is not a huge company buying a small company. This is a company of about 125 people buying a company of about 125 people. And uh, so now they're one, and to the surprise of absolutely nobody, I don't know, what are we, two days removed, three days removed from the purchase? They uh, finally publicly announced that Impact Wrestling would be moving from the Pursuit Channel uh, to Access. We don't have a time slot yet. We don't have a night yet. That's an interesting thing to get into. Um, but, yeah, now Mark Cuban, who was the remaining uh, main proprietor, I guess you could say, of Access TV, has sold a majority stake to Anthem and then uh, you know, a group owned by Steve Harvey, mostly focused on Anthem. And uh, now... Who knows? Who knows what the future is at Access? I, I reported yesterday or the day before uh, there would be 40 layoffs. A lot of good people are, are out of jobs. A lot of people that your audience might know that did a lot of work on, uh, on New Japan and, and on women of wrestling as well. Um, so what the future for Impact looks like on Access, we don't quite know. We just know when it's coming after it's October, I believe, 20th pay-per-view. And um, we know that it will have better distribution because Access is available to more than 50 million U.S. homes, whereas the Pursuit Channel, where previously was, was is available to 35 million homes. So it's a very good thing for Impact Wrestling as a business. It's a good thing for Impact Wrestling fans. It's a good thing for wrestling fans that have access TV and had no idea where the Pursuit Channel was. Um, and the wrestling wars just keep getting bigger and more interesting, and it's all all happening in October. And and that's the crazy part about it. I mean, it's all happening in October. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, November is the the period of, or time of year when more people are watching TV than any other period. Is that correct? Uh, it's a good question. You know, I actually don't quite know the answer in 2019. I mean, it, it probably is. There are multiple sweeps periods throughout the year. Um, but I mean, you know, practically speaking, you have new fall shows returning and launching in September. I think the the Nielsen uh, week, the Nielsen season starts the day after the Emmys, which I believe makes it the 23rd of September. Um, so you got September probably out because one big week of TV. Uh, and then you got football heating up as the season goes on and football is still the number one show in America. So, you know, it's an interesting question, one that, you know, I haven't looked at in a while and I probably should. So I'm glad you brought it up. But yeah, that seems like it would stand to reason. Uh, we certainly have sweeps periods before and after that. Um, but, yeah, th- this fall is going to be just crazy, and especially for wrestling fans. You will you will find no shortage of available content if you are a wrestling fan. That's the truth. I mean, at least five days a week, uh, fans can depend on seeing wrestling content, and that includes Sunday, which is a traditional pay-per-view day. If you have... Mm-hmm. You know, at least three promotions, WWE, AEW, and Impact, who do pay-per-views throughout the the 12-month calendar uh, year, you can expect to see a a pay-per-view 
at least three times a month. So it's it's kind of it's going to get real interesting, uh, and that's going to be a lot of hours spent consuming a lot of wrestling content. Which between you and I, Max, I'm not complaining. Just so we can put <laughs> that on the table. I, I want to go back Sounds to like something you don't have kids. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if I had kids, that'd probably be a different story. But you know, I, I want to go back to to a name that you mentioned, though. You said Steve Harvey, and yes, mm-hmm. folks, he's talking about that Steve Harvey, the the king of comedy, the guy that that's done Family Feud and the Steve Harvey Show, both the comedy show and the, and the talk show and all this other stuff. Where does he fit into this, and, and who is he connected with? So he, his Steve Harvey Harvey Global uh, has a content development deal there, and I guess they also get a, a board seat uh, at Anthem. So they're, I, I don't want to overblow their role here. This is an Anthem acquisition, an Anthem company. But, you know, given, you know, the prominence of Steve Harvey and kind of the hilarity of the fact that Steve Harvey is involved here, uh, we all are, are 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 more than quick to point out that that Steve Harvey and Steve Harvey Global has uh, a hand in this acquisition. That is just an amazing thing from from various standpoints. I mean, number one, you have so few people of color who are in such a position. Because if I'm not mistaken, mm. he, he's going to be on the board, right? Yeah, I, I don't know that Steve will personally sit on the board, you know, someone from his company will. He's got a finance say and a creative say. Um, I, God, could you imagine Steve Harvey having the time to sit on, on a board? Maybe he will. Maybe he'll he'll be, you know, a, a board member that can show up when they show up and, and vote by proxy when they don't. But, um, yeah, I mean, that guy's got the, – the, the only thing – he has more than power is uh, is stuff to do. I mean, so <laughs> quick, quick Steve Harvey aside anecdote, I, I think two weeks ago or something, I reported, and, and this wasn't like a scoop or anything, it was it was widely announced, Steve is hosting two more family feuds in Africa. He's hosting them. He's not just, you know, they're not just spinning off family feud locally in Africa. Steve will be there hosting these two series. They're not two specials, they're series. So this guy, he doesn't sleep. Yeah, I, I can't even wrap my head around that. I mean, he must be cloning himself there, Max, because that, that just is just, it blows my mind. But it, it, it's crazy because we know that there's been some shuffling around on, on TV. Uh, at least one of his shows, and it might have been his talk show, has been replaced with uh, Kelly Clarkson's new talk show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that frees up a little bit of space for him. Now he's in a situation where he, he's, you know, there's a board seat at a network. You've got to imagine Steve Harvey and, and, and his uh, company, they're going to be developing content for Access TV. I, I can't imagine that that's not going to happen. Sure. We could see an entire revamp, uh, potentially, of what Access TV is and the quality of programming through his connections in particular uh, that could be brought over to that station. Look, it's very possible one of the trends in the broader TV landscape is kind of bringing in super producers and super creators to these mega deals. I mean, today we finally got the Warner Media J.J. Abrams deal announced. Um, you know, you got Kenya Barris left ABC for, for Netflix. You got Ryan Murphy's humongous deal at Netflix. You got Shonda Rhimes' humongous deal there. Um, so there's certainly an arms race for talent and 
for kind of just, you know, to be honest with you, just letting talent kind of do whatever they want to do on your platform, kind of tying a talented person to your network um, so that when you think of that person, you think of the network and, and vice versa. Um, so, you know, this, it's interesting because when it comes to Steve, uh, you know, Steve used to do a lot of stand-up. He was one of the original kings of comedy on that tour. You know, he had a few sitcoms. And, you know, I think of him as a comic and as an actor, but he really has transitioned much more into a personality as the daytime shows, two different shows, as you mentioned. Um, you know, he, he hosts, he hosted, uh, the NBC series, um, the, geez, the, with the kids, the kid talent show. I can't even think of it right now off the top of my head. Little big shots. Um, and, you know, Family Feud, obviously, he's basically revitalized that entire franchise. And now they have the primetime edition, you know, Celebrity Family Feud or whatever. And the summers are still a pretty big hit. I mean, he's a machine. He's a machine who never stops working. But what's interesting is I he, he doesn't do as much scripted fare as certainly as he used to and, and as much scripted fare as a lot, a lot of these big creators um, who are getting brought in under these big deals do so all of that being said you know i'm sure he has surrounded himself with a lot of talented people at his company um i don't know what uh the content deal with steve harvey global could put on access it could be scripted it could be unscripted they don't really do like they wouldn't really benefit from a sitcom from him but um you know he is he prints money he is a success he is a name he is very well known and uh look the more talent access can get the better because i don't think they have a perfectly great identity right now and 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 hopefully this deal with anthem is going to start to give them a little bit more of a identity maybe better distribution and and maybe a little bit more household recognition wow yeah that's that's a heck of a way to to look at it And, and certainly when you take somebody like a steve harvey and their star power uh that's a great way to start building on off of that, and and and, and the fact that they they brought over Impact Wrestling from a, a wrestling fan's perspective that makes me feel good because that lets me know that we can expect to continue to see pro wrestling on Access TV at least in the immediate future. So that 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 yeah. definitely feels yeah. good, and even more than you're used to seeing. But you're you're right. That's a really good point. Is that I, I guess a concern could be oh, no, there's a new owner, are they going to say, what is this nonsense, and get rid of, you know, New Japan and Women of Wrestling. But, hey, the owner is called Anthem Sports and Entertainment, but Anthem Sports, and they come with Impact Wrestling. So, you know they get it, you know they know it, and it was very clearly a priority that they wanted to get, you know, look, their first announcement after the deal was Impact, yep, Impact is coming to Access, and that shouldn't stun anybody uh, who follows these things at all. I think we all were just waiting on that deal to be announced. Um, but, yeah, you're you're right in that if some random company bought access for, you know, its distribution or whatever, um, there may be casualties in the terms of the fight game and the fake fighting game. But not these guys. These guys are like, oh, thank God, we've got a new home for, Anthem, for, uh, for Impact. We're talking to Tony Maglio. He is the TV editor of The Wrap. Real quick, uh, Mags, there's an interesting thing going on, and and even this week, I'm noticing that a lot of uh, folks in the wrestling media, they're reporting the fact that both Raw and SmackDown 
their television ratings are, were, were lower this week than the previous week, and you know they're they're low compared to last year, and all this other nonsense here. Despite the fact that you know for for Raw, um, the only thing that beat them was was Monday Night Football and Sports mm-hmm. Center, football related content. Nothing else beat them in the uh, top 150 in key right. demos. And then you look at SmackDown. SmackDown was number one. <laughs> despite uh, this this whole call about ratings being down and all this garbage. So it, I, I, a lot of folks continue to miss the concept of it's all relative. you, you got to compare it to how everybody else today is doing and see where they land. And, and now you're getting a much better perspective on what's going on. I want to shift the conversation to something that you and I continuously talk about, and that's these Nielsen ratings. Mm-hmm. I got information that Nielsen is actually going to be adjusting their rating system. They must have been listening to you and I talk here, Max. Uh, (laughs) They're going to be adjusting their rating system because they know that the the way that they've been doing things is not the most accurate way to measure who is watching what and at what time. Uh, Talk to us about this this new adjustment to the rating system, uh, if if you can break it down to us real quick. Yeah, and hopefully I don't bore people to death. Um, so what Nielsen's doing is starting in early October, October 3rd to be specific, um, they're going to change what they call their overnight ratings reporting. And overnight ratings are, are exactly what they are. They get them overnight from the previous night. And they're the earliest available TV ratings from Nielsen. So the the good thing, they're good for two reasons. They're good because they're early and they're good because they're adjusted for time zone differences. And the reason that matters is if, you know, you and I are both on the East Coast, but if I'm out West for a conference and we're both watching, let's say, the Patriots uh, game, then, you know, I'm not counted. I mean, I'm not a Nielsen panelist, so maybe an imperfect example, but West Coast people are not counted as the same way as East Coast would because it's not 8 o'clock for both of us, right? So the overnight ratings are good because they adjust for time zones. The reason they're not so great is because they only encapsulate 56 markets, and they're 56 big markets, so it's pretty good. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good. Um, so here's the thing. So they're going to start counting fewer markets, something like a dozen fewer or 13 fewer, but they're going to start including what they call out-of-home viewership. And so what that means is if you and I are at a bar up in Boston watching the Patriots, we wouldn't have previously been counted. You know, you could pack 200 people into a bar watching football, watching the baseball playoffs, watching mixed martial arts, whatever are really big bar sports, and those people are not counted. Now, the reality of it is none of us are Nielsen panelists. It's a, you know, small percentage of the population and then they extrapolate it over the whole population, blah, 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 blah. But the point is they will start doing different mathematics that will start adding a few million viewers um, because they recognize that millions of viewers are watching football at a bar every Sunday, so on and so forth. So we're going to get these overnight ratings later. They're going to have fewer markets, but they will have out-of-home measurement, which basically means, to my knowledge, that every football game is going to be much higher rated now because they're finally counting people at bars. And that kind of plays in um, for for other sports. It certainly plays in for wrestling. I don't think wrestling is a big bar 
sport. Pay-per-views are a different story, but pay-per-views are not on broadcast or cable anyway. Um, but MMA and, and um, li- other live sports are all of a sudden going to be higher rated than they were in the past. So, you know, you had mentioned apples to orange comparisons. There's going to be more apples to orange comparisons, and everything's going to look a little bit better. Um, so that's probably way too complicated and way too in the weeds. But, yeah, they're changing those. They're not going to change, um, you know, uh, other ways of, of viewing things. But these overnight numbers, uh, you know, the national numbers will always be what they were. And then eventually they will probably add in, like, bar viewership and hotel viewership. So eventually, um, you know, the Super Bowl numbers, the Super Bowl total viewer numbers will probably go up. But in the interim, what's going to happen is these first available numbers, the very first things you read in the morning, um, those will suddenly be higher than they used to be, except they won't be the first thing you read in the morning anymore because to get those bar viewership numbers, it's going to be multi-hour delay. So it's a lot, <laughs> is, is what I'm saying. Well, it, it's, you know, for for wrestling fans, which is what we are, it definitely is something mm-hmm. to, to keep in the back of your head, folks, because, you know, and, and, and Tony has been gracious in the multiple times he's been on the show to kind of point this out. These networks, they want more live sports-like content, sports-related content. And we know like a show like a, 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 what AEW is going to provide on TNT or SmackDown or Raw, whatever, those are live sports-like uh, content mediums there. So it is a possibility that you know these bars and, and, and different venues and what have you could be putting this stuff on and that might get picked up. That's going to drive the ratings up. And yeah, it'll drive right. the, the earliest ones up, and then it'll at some point uh, down the road when Nielsen is able to implement it for all of its ratings. For you know, the, when you see a number, when when someone writes so and so was watched by three million viewers, those are not the ratings that are going to change anyway. The ratings are going to change is going to be like it got a four point six. Uh, 22 share, like things that don't really mean anything to anybody anyway. But the reason they're doing these earliest ratings is because down the road, they want to eventually say the Super Bowl, yeah, it was watched by 104 million people, but 16 million more watched it in bars and 12 million watched them at Super Bowl parties. So guess what? It was actually watched by 130 million people. That's the end goal. That's not what's happening in October, though. But we got to get there. Yeah, yeah, good point. We got to get there. Listen, uh, uh, Tony, if if fans want to read what's going on uh, at your publication, and if if they want to reach out to you in particular, uh, plug everything. Let everybody know how they can they can get more of this quality information that you provide. Uh, of my very verbose, long-winded ratings answers, um, they can get more of those at theraft.com, uh, where, as you mentioned, I'm TV editor, and uh, I'm happy to engage on Twitter. It's at Tony Maglio. That's just T-O-N-Y-M-A-G-L-I-O. Well, as always, I appreciate you, Tony Maglio. You are the man, and we'll definitely, like I said, we'll be checking back in with you because we need all this stuff to be broken down to us, all this excellence from a TV network perspective and from a TV industry perspective, how they view the pro wrestling industry. It's great to have somebody like yourself come in and, and explain that stuff. Well, I'm I'm, uh, I'm happy to have you there, and uh, hey, if there are any uh, 
people looking for a really good publicist out there, take a look at some of the 40 people, not all publicists, of course, but some of the people that were let go at uh, at Access TV this week, some good, hardworking people that did a lot of great work on uh, New Japan and Women of Wrestling, and, and hopefully uh, they land on their feet and end up at one of these competitors. Man, I'll tell you, Tony Maglio is a guy that I just, I really have a lot of time for. He has a lot of integrity, knows what he's talking about. And again, when we have this perspective, somebody who covers the entire TV industry, sharing perspective on pro wrestling, but from a TV industry point of view, that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. We need more of that. We need more of that. We need less of these folks who pretend to have sources or pretend to know what they're talking about. There's a lot of you out there that that will get information, but you don't take the time to actually verify it. And you don't really hold yourself to the same standard that folks who actually are are doing actual news they're held to a different standard if they have any integrity if they're if they're a respectable uh, publication like the rap the rap <laughs> I've seen some stuff on the rap man They're, they don't play around it's good stuff so definitely check out the rap.com or at the rap that's t-h-e-w-r-a-p Tony Maglio he's the TV editor over there and, and I'll continue to have him on because he just he he feeds he feeds a, a aspect of the greater conversation about pro wrestling that has been missing and is sorely needed. And I keep saying it, folks, we're going to elevate the conversation. So great stuff there. OK, coming up next, we're going to take a quick break. And then coming up next, part two of my conversation with the man, Harry Burkett from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Hey everybody, this is Rudy Russo, and you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. How do you like them, Montana? Was the first PWI 500, was that 92? Do you remember off the top of your I'm thinking 91. 91, Okay. I remember, and if I'm not mistaken, I'll have to go back to my archives there. You had managers, people who haven't wrestled matches in, in a while. Mr. It was Fuji? almost as if you couldn't find them. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Fuji. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and also, the, the bio for each one was only like uh, three lines long. And uh, unfortunately, we've had to cut back on the length of the buyers at the current magazines because we don't have quite as many pages as we used to. But yeah, we were really on fumes trying to find 500 people to round out that list. I don't know, we might even put Harley Race in there because he wrestled Rick Flair one time in Florida when Vader didn't show up. You know, yep. things like that. But now it's, we, we've had serious discussions, should it be the PWI 1000? Uh, just as, We've recently went from the female 50 to the women's 100, but we just assume that we just water it down unnecessarily and we don't have enough pages for all that, so that's why we're sticking with the 500. Um, and, and the interesting thing is, um, until the Internet age and, you know, now that the winner makes such a, that creates such a buzz on Twitter, like, now to see WWE, a 
call out the fact that Seth Rollins was number one in the 500. To me, that's mind-blowing. You know, WWE used to not even recognize our existence, or at one point in history was trying to put us out of existence. So that that's pretty incredible, incredible to us, you know, how much the 500 has changed. You know, somebody asked me that question. Uh, they said, is this the first time that WWE has acknowledged the PWI 500? And, and I didn't know for sure, but I definitely said it's the first time I've ever noticed it. I, I it's the first time I've seen it uh, on Twitter or online. I could be wrong about that. Maybe I just missed it. This year was the first time I noticed it. Now, I have to mention that WWE, they've been very gracious about allowing us to have access to the, to the number one placer in the 500 each year if a WWE wrestler has made it. And we've been able to get extended interviews with them. So they have been uh, helpful in that regard year after year. Well, and, and listen, I'm going to call out every single pro wrestling promotion in the universe. Uh, you should allow access to Pro Wrestling Illustrated legitimately uh, the, the, the Bible of wrestling magazines. You should allow them as much ac- uh, access as possible. Because at the end of the day, it's advertisement of your product. It's advertisement of, of your talent. Why wouldn't you grant that access? Right. Yeah, and now that it hasn't always been that way, but come on. Right. Now that we're in this uh, newly competitive environment, well, we, uh, well we've seen this uh, several times over history, where when WWE is far away successful, they create a distance with us. But when it, the, heat, the heat's on, there's a little bit of competition. The relationship becomes a lot better. And uh, this really happened, I would say, in the uh, late 90s, when you remember there was a period where WCW really had WWF on the ropes, and uh, all of a sudden, WWF was allowing us backstage, get photos of all the wrestlers. And so that's when it tends to happen. The, when a company is far away number one, that's when access tends to close. But um, I think we forged a healthy relationship with them. They're fully aware that we write negative stories from time to time. Um, now, we might not get that wonderful smiling picture of Seth Rollins if we say, oh, we're going to bury Seth Rollins in the story, but they're fully aware that, that we can be critical of them, and they accept that. Well, and I think that at some point, Again, as a community, so as a a whole, we should be encouraging media. Uh, Why can't there be credible pro wrestling media? Why can't that exist? And why should we have to turn to other forms of media who generally focus in other areas? Why should we have to turn to them to get credible information about pro wrestling? That's embarrassing. There's no reason why I should have to read about pro wrestling anywhere else in order to get what I would consider a credible story when pro wrestling illustrated exists. You know, I don't, I don't don't go to other than the local papers, but I'm not going somewhere else when I want to know about sports per se. I'm still pulling up my, my sports illustrated and my ESPN magazine. Yes, folks, I still have subscriptions, by the way, the actual magazines, if you can believe it, I'm going to my magazines, man. I'm not, trying to find that information I'm not and, I, and again I'm not talking about what's online I'm literally talking about the consumption of media and 
whether or not it makes sense. You're not going to somewhere else for your financial news. You're going to go to a leader in financial news media. So, come on, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, give them the access. It's just, you know. Except when they put Seth Rollins on the on the cover, then you have to go. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's that, why I have to call my phone. He won't let me in the studio. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I can believe that. I access. I can believe. So let me ask you before before we let you go here, Harry. What's your take on this whole AEW thing going on? Because I, if you're paying attention to what what I've been saying online, then you can clearly see that I'm on a mission to be honest about what we're being offered. If, if you're going to promote and market, more importantly, if you're going to market something, you're going to say, we're going to deliver this type of product. This is what you're going to get when you consume what we have to offer. If I feel like what I'm consuming is not what you're marketing to me, then I'm going to call it out. And I, I've gotten an abundance of backlash for doing that, which is okay. I don't really care. Um, because I do it to the WWE and New Japan and Ring of Honor as well. I don't. There's no favorites here. It just is what it is. But what's your take? Do you, do you feel that? Do you feel this thing can last, or do you feel that this might be a situation where we have a lot of pop and circumstance, but they're not really built for the long haul? Similar to some of your competitors uh, in the magazine industry, when when all these glossy magazines popped up in the 2000s and then they disappeared. Right. Yeah, they, they can't uh, keep track of their championship belt, right? So, well, yeah. they don't have a procedure <laughs> in place for that yet. At, at least for Ghana, you would never let Nick Pockwinkle take it out of his double bag. He that's sure would. Real yeah. <laughs> he sure would. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think they're here for the long haul, just based on, you know, the financial backing for the Khan family. You know, I think they're very unique competitors for Vince McMahon because, yeah, people have had money before, but they've never ran anything approaching a wrestling business. I would say, you know, a football franchise and the marketing involved gives them some savvy that maybe even Vince doesn't have. Um, so from that perspective, it's a solid foundation. But, you know, if we criticize them now, we're just doing them favors especially because I think financially they're in, in it for the long haul. But um, we might even need to tamp down expectations because this AEW thing, because they've had some really good shows, are we going to get that week after week after week? Do they have the, the roster depth for that? That remains to be seen. And um, I'm, I'm confident in a lot of the people involved, like, Cody Rhodes and Jim Ross, that they're pretty wise people, and they've made some smart moves, you know, business-wise and creatively. And uh, but it's a lot at one time, you know. You've never had a TV show before, but all of a sudden you've got a couple hours on TNT every single week. So it's it's going to be touchy. I, I think um, Vince McMahon has done them a favor by having NXT come on against them and getting a, a head start because people will watch the first few weeks of NXT and then they'll sample AEW uh, instead of AEW being right up against NXT, you know, right out the gate. So I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Well, that, that's a good take. Uh, 
That's a very good take. And, and listen, you're, you're saying a lot of what I've been saying in the sense that they're a startup. And we should view them as what they are, which is a startup. And I don't care what business you have, when you're first getting going, you're going to make some major mistakes. And there's going to be some major setbacks. And hopefully you have some major wins as well. But you need that room to grow. That's why they say, you know, in most situations, you don't really pay attention to a business until three years in. That's when you start judging them. Right. But this whole notion that there's going to be a war and, and there's going to be competition. And By the way, this is what they marketed in the beginning. They're the ones who were saying that stuff. And then when it became the fans jumped in and was like, yeah, then they're like, oh, wait a second, guys, hold on. <laughs> I didn't mean that. Well, we're back up. Yeah, I didn't need it. I, I, I didn't need to smash, uh, you know, Triple H's throw with a hammer. That, 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 yeah. was just, that was just symbolism. Didn't mean well, anything. I mean, come on, Harry. You, how are you going to rock the pillars of the wrestling industry when Chris Jericho is your champion? What are we talking about right now? Okay, yeah. You took a, you took a WWE legend and you beat your two non-WWE affiliated guys with him and you basically said we need a wwe guy to be our top guy you're not rocking the pillars or anything by doing that you're you're going you're doing what you should be doing from a a wise business standpoint you're taking somebody who has high visibility and who advertisers are used to spending money on like you know when chris jericho wrestled for the past 20 years on tv all these advertisers were spending money and doing spots knowing that Chris Jericho was one of the people who were going to be performing on this program, one of the main people. Yes, so, he was. Yeah. All you have to say is he was on Dancing with the Stars. That too. There you so go. It, it, exactly. So that makes sense from a, a, a marketing standpoint. But I guess my concern is it doesn't make sense when you look at what they said they were going to deliver. It would be interesting to see how this shakes up because it seems to me, um, you know, I was one of these people who always wanted to see, you know, the old TNA succeed. Sure. Always pulling for TNA. Same. But it seemed like TNA from, I hate to use the word smart fans, because we're all smart fans now. But back then, it seemed like the pundits, the smart fans, never gave TNA a break. And, of course, some of the criticism was well-founded. You know, I remember the AJ Styles, Prince of Phenomenal Days, and things like that that were yep. truly awful. Yep. But... It seems like AEW is on the exact opposite side of the equation where they can do no wrong. So I think the first head-to-head ratings that come in will might determine, you know, how AEW is covered. Well, and, and you're my witness here, Harry. So later on when people say that I'm, I'm just showing favoritism and I'm no good and all this other stuff, you can, you can reference back to this if you'd be so kind, but the ratings aren't going to matter, folks. Those That head-to-head rating foolishness is just that. It's foolishness. Of course, AEW is not going to pop a consistently similar rating to a WWE, even if it's NXT. It's not going to happen in the beginning, and it shouldn't happen. If it does well, happen... Well, especially on TNT, where there yeah. hasn't been any wrestling for uh, almost 20 years. Exactly. We don't. There should be absolutely no expectation of that, and that's okay. Can AEW put out a program? Can they put out a product that gets people engaged and excited enough to come back from week to week, and and 
their folks like a Tony Khan, who's an analytics guy, can he collect enough data to bring to the advertisers and get those big money advertisers to say, yes, we will buy commercials during your program. If that can happen, then AEW is going to stick around because they're making money for the network. They can get a better deal. They can, you know, it, it all makes sense. And then they can build themselves into an eventual competitor. But that ain't happening anytime soon. Of course not. And no one should put that on them. And they shouldn't put right. that on themselves. More important. Yeah, burden. You know, that, that's that's the biggest frustration. It's like, well, guys, you're, people are responding to what you said it was. Nobody made that up. You said it. Jericho said it. And, 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 and Tony said it in the beginning. And, and Cody said it in the beginning. Now you want to pull back. Come on. Come on. Right, right. You know. But, you know, Harry, you, you're a very diplomatic guy, which I do appreciate about you. you. You're not going to go too far one way or too far the other way, except when it comes to PWI 500 and you're making Seth Rollins or, or, or that no good Roman Reigns number one. That's that's where you just kind of completely go in the wrong direction. But Well, we're just planning on your constant criticism, just <laughs> raising our profile, and we'll sell more magazines. Well, listen, I don't let you down, man. You you know as soon as you announce, you can you can rest assured I am going to be online raising hell about it. You know that. Yeah, you and Ben Zelfos. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. I got a whole list of Denzel Washington gifts of him being frustrated with something, and I, and I just let him out. That's right. That's the way it has to be, you know. So, Harry, if folks are, want to get a copy of the PWI 500, whether it be online, in print, what have you, what's the best way they can get some PWI back in their lives? Well, you know, people talk about magazine sales being depressed. I have to say that uh, we're on the verge of selling out this 500 issue. So if you want to order an issue, you should do that soon. Uh, the easiest way to do it is go to uh, pwi-online.com. And the best thing to do money-wise is to get a subscription. And uh, you can get, uh, you know, get it cheaper if you just want the uh, video version, the, uh, the digital version. You do get the digital version at least three weeks before the print version comes out. Um, but you can't go wrong. That's probably the best way to go. And I would also encourage people to listen to our PWI podcast. Uh, Dan Murphy and Al Castle do a really good job with that. And I would encourage people also to go into our archives for July because uh, we did a 40th anniversary roundtable with Al Castle interviewing Stu Sachs, Bill Lapter, and Craig Peters, you know, from the classic PWI days. And what amazed me was 80% of it I didn't know. I knew most of the what's of the conversation, but I didn't know the why's, the why PWI was created when they already had the wrestler inside wrestling, you know, why PWI never had blood on the cover until recent years. All these little things that I've always kind of wondered about. You know, even though I worked besides Stu for quite a while, I never asked him, but I learned a lot from that podcast. Well, that, that's a big deal there, uh, Harry. Where can folks uh, find that podcast? Well, that's on iTunes, but you can also access it uh, by going to the PWI online website and clicking on archives. Great. Great, because this is where we're at now, where, you know, folks of all walks of life, they're really getting into consuming podcast stuff. They want to they hear more. They can't get enough of it. They want to hear people talking about the things that 
matter to them most. And, you know, I appreciate my legions of fans all over the world who tune in every week and what have you. So, yes, I 100% encourage you. In fact, I'll post the link. Uh, Got to check out the PWI podcast. Uh, just some great stuff, and especially this 40th anniversary. I'm going to do that as soon as we hang up the phone because I want to hear all those legends discuss the history of PWI and, and explain the why. That's that's some interesting stuff, man. Yes. Wow. And what about yourself? If, if folks want to reach out to you, because you're a person with the extensive knowledge, you're, you're a great guy, you're always willing to chat people up. And, and what I notice about you, Harry, is that you tend to give your opinion nine times out of ten when you're prompted. If you're not prompted, you just kind of follow along. But if somebody <laughs> asks you directly, Harry, what do you think about this? you, you got a lot to say. But you yeah. kind of hold you hold on to it until somebody, you know, gives you a little nudge first. So that's right. Doesn't take much of it. Just a little one. Yeah, just a little one. Just a little one. But so folks want to give you a little nudge and, and really hear more from from Harry Burke specifically. How can they uh, reach you? Probably the easiest way is is on Twitter. I'm at Harry Burkett one, and that's Harry B U R K E T T one. Great. Well, listen, Harry Burke, as always, I appreciate you joining us on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. And, you know, obviously take the permanent marker and, and put me down. we got to have you come back when the Women's 100 comes out. Um, and that conversation is going to go one of two ways, Harry. Oh, boy. Either I'm going to be praising I'm you. I'm already. <laughs> I'm either going to be praising you to the hills for finally seeing the light, or we're going to do what we've been doing for a few years now where I'm just going to be complaining the whole damn time because, once again, you guys have conspired to hurt my feelings. I just might be back in the principal's office. You know, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I could talk to Harry Burkett forever. I mean, and what's funny is we had a long conversation before we hit record had a long conversation that we actually had to split up into two sections there. So you heard part one last week, which was excellent. And thank you, everyone who listened and shared it. There was a lot of great discussion around the PWI 500 and that punk uh, uh, Seth Rollins winning uh, the the discussion of the PWI 500, how it, it, it was lacking in the amount of black wrestlers on the list and the possibility of that changing in the in the future and all that good stuff. Just great meaty discussion. And then this week, you know, as you heard, you know, we, we were just shooting the breeze about everything, man, and just real nerdy pro wrestling talk like we do. And then the funny part is when when we stopped recording, we ended up on the phone for another two hours continuing to talk pro wrestling stuff. So I, I got a lot of time for Harry Burkett. I, I just think that he is uh, class personified, just a really, really good dude that I always have time for. So, again, shout out to Harry Burkett. And we'll have him back. We'll have him back after the Women's 100 comes out. And, you know, folks are already talking about it. Folks are already asking questions about it. And I'm telling you right now, Harry, like I just said, if you guys don't do the right thing, you're going to hear from me. Especially if you make that punk Becky Lynch the number one women's wrestler. That's just not going to happen. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I will call space. I will call Space Force. Okay? I will call Space Force and I will report 
Harry Burkett, and Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and I will have you all deported to some kind of far-off galaxy. Outside of the Milky Way, Jack. I'm telling you right now, I can get this, I can make this work. Okay, don't don't play around. I got connections, Jack. Just saying. You don't call Ghostbusters, you call Space Force. Okay, that's right. Folks, but before we, we wrap this up, this week, I, I did want to talk about something pretty serious that um, that we saw on SmackDown. Nikki Cross, who I just uh, I adore, Nikki Cross. I think she's fantastic. She did an interview on on uh, Lillian Garcia's podcast, Chasing Glory, which, which has really developed into, in, in my opinion, one of the top podcasts you'll ever hear. It's just just a really great program. Lillian somehow, some way gets folks on her show and, and they reveal some really big time personal stuff about themselves. And it's just amazing how everyone opens up and, and really bears their soul. So it's, it's good stuff. Um, but you know, Nikki is just, she's adorable. Just absolutely. She's fantastic. They, they did an angle where Mandy Rose gets on the microphone where she talks about how Nikki Cross will never look like her and, you know, she's better looking and all this other garbage and just... When do we get to the point where we get past that type of stuff? And listen, don't get me wrong here, okay? I was a big fan of Ravishing Rick Rude. And Ravishing Rick Rude... Before every match, he'd get on the microphone and, and he would he would say, what I'd like to have is for all you fat, disgusting, sweat hogs, you know, potato chip eating couch potatoes, shut your mouth and, and, and while I take my robe off and your women get to see what a real man looks like. That was I'm paraphrasing, but that was usually the, 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 the point of what he was saying. He was going to talk trash about the people in the crowd. Look at me. I'm muscled up. I'm handsome. You don't look like me. Your women want me. Whatever. And that's... That loosely, that's what Mandy Rose is, is doing right now, which is not a bad thing. She's, she is a very attractive young lady. I get that. But man, when, when do we get to the point where, where we can deliver these sensibilities and we can deliver that style storyline, but do it in a manner that actually is more engaging? And I don't have the answer to that question. So don't get me wrong. I mean, look, I'm not a, a pro wrestling writer. I can't write a wrestling show. I've never done that. Not gonna say I can't. I, I've never done it. I don't have that experience. So I can't sit here and act like I know better. But I can tell you, as a consumer, I'm a little fed up with these low hanging fruit storylines. And I get that it's 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 easy to do because it's easy for the audience to understand. Who can't understand a super pretty girl? Telling everybody she's better looking than them. You can understand that. You can understand somebody who's conceited and think they're all that and what have you. And I will say that I, I was I was happy that Nikki Cross won the match. That was nice. See Babyface win. And Nikki Cross is not she is not an unattractive person. She's she's very beautiful. So that you know, the whole thing just kind of weird in that regard. But she's not all glammed up like like Mandy Rose. When do we get to the point where we get away from this low-hanging fruit stuff? If there were more layers to that, something that you could really sink your teeth into, then I, I could I could really, you know, at least be 
be along for the ride and it wouldn't feel so uncomfortable. I just, I don't know. And I know a lot of people online, especially on Twitter, you guys reacted and just cringed at it too. So I know I wasn't alone here. I just, you got, you literally have the, some of the best pro wrestling talent in the world in the WWE, especially that women's division that's been kicking everybody's butt. Uh, oftentimes they're outperforming the men. Do we really need a, I look better than you. I'm hot. You're ugly. Do you really need that storyline in 2019 and beyond? This isn't, this isn't the, the, the divas era where that was a thing. Okay. It's 2019. Nikki Cross is a hell of a wrestler. Mandy Rose is still learning. Give me a break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give me a break. So it, it, it's a, I want to see the action and the action was good. It was a good match. I just, I wonder, I wonder who's writing this stuff and why they're writing it. And it goes back to the same point of representation. Do we have the right people in the room creating this content? How many women are in the room? How many women are are, are providing input on these storylines? And if you're telling me that there's only like one woman in the room, that's not enough. If you're telling me there's no women in the room, that's certainly not enough. Traditionally, pro wrestling shows are written written by men. This is a fact. It doesn't matter if they're in the wrestling business or if they're writers who were brought in or what have you. Men write these storylines. And you can tell. Because that is such a simple, uh, ridiculous storyline to go with when there were so many different ways you could go with Nikki Cross and Mandy Rose. What if Mandy Rose says, I'm a better wrestler than you? What if she did that? What if it, I'm better than you in every way and, and and I'm a better wrestler than you? I can do everything in this ring. And everyone would just laugh about that because that's not true, but she's a heel. So it, it kind of plays into that. Step out of the box a little bit here. Deliver something that 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 has some layers to it. And, and let's stop with this low-hanging fruit stuff because I got to tell you, you're, you're the WWE, you're the big dog, you're the, you're the top promotion. At some point, you have to recognize that that is just not good enough anymore. And it, it's it's silly. And I don't know who you're trying to market that to. But I can tell you that out of all the things that happened in that match and in that exchange, I can tell you that the fans aren't walking away saying, oh, the best part about that was that Mandy Rose says she's hotter than Nikki Nikki Cross. No, (laughs) I'm pretty sure everyone appreciated the wrestling. Just throwing it out there. I don't know. I'm not trying to, to, once again, this is not right to censor. I'm not here to act like I'm Mr. Moral and all that other stuff. I like some questionable content i loved when samoa joe was was telling aj styles that he he was daddy and he's gonna go kiss his wife or something like that and hey maybe that's a double standard on my part i thought that was interesting stuff there were some layers to that they were friends so samoa joe knows aj's family there was some layers to that i I really enjoyed that you know i enjoyed when samoa joe uh told ray mysterio jr that he was going to be the father to his son that his son never had or he's going to discipline his son the way ray never did i there's some layers to that i I can dig into that you can go some places 
I just don't know how far you're going with Mandy Rose saying that she's hotter than Nikki Cross and you'll never look like me and all that. Who the hell wants to look like you anyway? It's a wrestling show. <laughs> you know who you should want to look like, Mandy Rose? You should want to look like the people who wrestle. Imagine that. And I'm not, I'm not blaming Mandy Rose because I think that for a person with her lack of experience, she's come a long way. She's done a great job. She certainly isn't Eva Marie. I'll say that much. Mandy Rose clearly is dedicated to the wrestling. That's clear. And and just by looking at what she does in the ring, I just think it's unfortunate that they put her in a situation where she has a storyline that, quite frankly, is not going to get her over in the end. Does not lead to anything that we don't need it in this day and age. Even in Wild Superheroes, there's more layers to stuff like that. If you look at their characters, even the ones who, who are conceited and what have you, Beverly Hills Babe or whatever. There's there's more layers to how they deliver this stuff. So, I don't know. Let me know what you think, folks. Seriously, head over to Twitter and and Facebook. Duke loves wrestling. Let me know what you think about it. Because I I personally, I'm past that. I look better than you stuff. Just just doesn't do it for me. I'm past the the weight, you know, the, the fat or skinny shaming storylines as well past that this little little man stuff that they have with uh, chad gable i hope they're past that calling him little man and saying he's too short and all that crap come on stop being lazy and write some damn content is that too much to ask for is it too much to ask for if you're going to give me a storyline that you actually put some effort into it Because I'm telling you right now, you could have all the credentials in the world. You could have the best education. You could have, you could have written for the top TV shows like Raw and SmackDown are. None of that means a lick of beans. If you're writing, this person is too short. That person's not as hot as me. That person is fat. If you're writing that garbage in 2019, you're disrespecting your entire education. You're disrespecting your workplace and you're disrespecting yourself because that's garbage. And I don't give a damn if this is what Vince McMahon prefers, by the way. It's garbage. And we just don't need it in 20 in 2019 going forward. We don't need it. There's so much that we could be talking about. There's so much meat. And storylines that, that you, you could really grab people with. We don't need that, that low hanging fruit garbage. So let me know what you think, folks. Those, that, that's my take on that. Listen, I appreciate all the guests this week. Teal Piper. She's fantastic. Tony Maglio, my, my buddy there. Harry Burkett, Uncle Harry from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Great guy. You know, Tony, Tony Maglio from the rap. Uh, just real fun. Join us next week, folks. In fact, um, we'll see. Definitely going to have another uh, couple of special guests. Keep this train rolling. That's what we're here for. Deliver the best. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling. 